Kia ora, Aotearoa, and welcome to Generally Famous. I'm Simon Bridges, and each week I talk to a generally famous, but always interesting guest about life, love, and what makes them tick. Today I've got co-founder, director, 3EO of Sharesies, a half billion dollar company with 600,000 plus investors and $2 billion under management, Sonia Williams. Welcome, Sonia, uh, to uh, Generally Famous. Kia ora. It's great to have you. I'm I'm just keen to get in and talk about your journey. I mean, before Sharesies, when there was no such twinkle in your eye idea from anyone, what were you doing? What was I doing before Sharesy? So um, I... Does it fe- feel like a long time ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's been about six years now. Um, yes. I think right before Sharesy, I was working at a bank and um, Kiwi Bank running their business banking strategy. And that was a bit of a career shift for me, actually. I'd built, um, most of my career was in technology companies and startups. So, um, and more in the, yeah, in the creative sector. So like had kind of been more in that space, um, but always really, really fascinated with um, money and um, was yes. really interested in bank, you know, so that's why, what took me to working in a bank. And um, what then happened? What then happened? Um, so, yeah, I found I was learning a lot through my colleagues at the bank, although I thought I knew a bit about money. Uh, once you're actually in the walls of an institution, you know, um, you're talking to your colleagues, you're learning about different things, and the whole thing was like, whoa, I'm learning so much and I wish more people could know about this. But at the same time, so this was back in about October of 2016, um, it was the peak of millennials can't buy houses because they spend all their money on smashed avocado on toast. Um, mm. It was kind, of, and it was this big like boomers, millennials debate going on around property. Yeah. And you know, when you take a step back from that and you really looked at what was going on at the time, it's like house prices were really high. You know, when Kiwi sort of investing, a lot of people thought about property that was getting further and further out of reach. And you know, the reality was that all the smashed avocado on toast wouldn't get you into your first home when you need more than you know six figures in a bank account. So it's just started mulling on what's the positive story here? Like, what's the way forward? Because it was starting to sound a bit dire for people starting out. And you're like, cool, how could this change? And where could this money go? And how, what is getting ahead for the future look like now if you're starting out today? And um, then one night I was just at home with my partner and we were deciding whether to go out for dinner or not. And I thought, imagine if I could... For a little smashed avocado in the evening. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, yeah. Um, It's for all meals. (laughs) 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 Who says it's just for breakfast? But, um, you know, knew that would cost about 50 bucks or so at the time Um, and thought, imagine if we could invest this money, this like on a regular basis, Mm. just online, whenever we want to, and build up our portfolio that way. And um, he'd encouraged me to take that, to start talk to some of my colleagues at the bank. And, you know, after a few conversations um, and then a few other conversations, a group of six of us from a range of different backgrounds got together and decided, actually, this could be so impactful. Like if we could really have a stab at this problem, which is how does everyone have the same opportunity to grow their wealth? Like that would feel like something really meaningful to do, and um, so we all kind of came together at that point. So um, and yeah, so and, and, and the, so don't be modest. The kernel of this idea, the the sort of the starting seed, that was you. Fifty bucks for dinner. You know, what if we could actually do something with this that was an investment? 
You know, when we think of, the, so, you know, just to give some context to, to the group, um, two are, are from, or the three of us are more from like a finance and, and marketing and product and technology background. Um, two are developers and had run a developer consultancy together and built um, great platforms around New Zealand. And then um, my partner is, he was from a design background and um, had worked across a range, you know, building lots of different brands and trying to get people to engage um, in different things. So I think when you think of the problem ahead of us and our solution to it, one, one, one that was going to be technology-based, it was going to really capture hearts and minds, it was really going to change how we felt about money culturally, how important it was that we kind of all came at that with different from a different background and from a different lens and um, could really bring, you know, this technology solution, this creative and design, you know, well-designed solution um, that also met what it needed to do financially. And with these and with, with these six or five, um, mm-hmm. one of them's your partner, I think, is what you're telling me, but the other mm-hmm. four then, are they your good friends or are you like, no, I need someone who knows about this and I need someone who knows about that? What would tell me about well, that sort of? We're great friends just, now, right? <laughs> and we're almost well. That's um, a relief. You know, we're almost like Fano now because <laughs> yes. we've been on this ride together for the last six years, and um, you know, that's it's been really special actually to share it with such an awesome team. And but to begin with, you know, some of the some of the re- like relationships were really tenuous. So um, right. I worked with um, one person, Leighton, um, who. We worked together at Kiwi Bank. His partner, um, now wife Brooke, she did work at Kiwi Bank um, and was working at Zero at the time. You know, so they were a couple. And um, then I think Leighton and Martin were in the Wellington Brass Band together, and that was their connection. And um, then Richard and Martin were in a business together. And then obviously Ben and I were in a relationship too, but we'd always worked on ideas together. And um, so like not super, like people always assume like we were just a bunch of besties. going <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah, cool. Let's change I've the world. I've got an but, idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose I just asked, like I, I kind of, the power of six, I don't know, I've got, I've got five siblings. We couldn't even agree what restaurant to go to on a given evening for our smashed avocado. So that's sort of that. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and I sort of think, and I know what you're going to, well, I think I know what you're going to say to this because you're going to reject it out of hand. But, you know, if you sit there and think about it, I also think of the Beatles, like two, maybe three of them were genius, geniuses. And then there was Ringo. You know, and he, you know, he was all right. He was all right, but he's not. So, uh, you know, uh, you've got six of you, and um, are you going to tell me they all, you know, it was like some movie scene or something where you needed each one for your special, unique gifts? Is that it? (laughs) Yeah, like the Avengers. Um, (laughs) Exactly. um, What's your superpower? Marketing. (laughs) You're Sonia from marketing, and you're. (laughs) So I think. you know, when it comes down to it, I think everyone had a really, you know, was coming quite senior in their career to this. So I think yeah. everyone had, um, you know, a technical skill set. 
but it's not like we handpicked and said, oh, you need to have this skill set or you need to. It just kind of happened that those were the skill sets that we had in the room. Yes. And then I think from that, what we did though was, and it was like we were quite criticised early on from having six people starting the business. And they're like, you know, the same thing that you said around, well, I've got brothers and sisters and we don't get along. Or lots of people had seen partnerships not work out with the business and, and think, oh, there's if there's a fight there, you know, like now we've got six connections yes. to keep on top of. And, you know, that's six points of failure, you know, like that, that could go yes. wrong between all of those things. But I think what's different when you come at something from a team lens versus a partnership lens or, or something like that is, you really have to find a way to work t- together. And um, it isn't, um, we did spend some time going, what type of business are we wanting to create? And how do we want to work together? And what we all aligned on were around our values and what really, what meant a lot to us and what we were keen to put our hat to and keep, put our energy in. And um, we have lots of respect and mutual respect for each other. And I don't think it's ever been um like this, I think none of us have a lot of ego, or it's never been like the ego decision has won. It's always been the best idea, and we always do. You, do you have to it. work on that, though. I mean, you have to. I don't know. Do you go on little retreats to Cuba Street, you know, <laughs> cafe or something, and sit down and you know work things through, or does is it not really required that? Yeah, we do spend a lot of time together, and we try to um, make sure that we are, you know, having really good debates about stuff when it matters and um you know we go away together once a year but we do catch up for lunches and we all still work together in the business um uh-huh. but i think it's it is about how you work through a problem together maybe like i don't mm. when someone's got a differing opinion it's always hit with a curiosity and i think that's just a really nice you know like i think if yeah. people weren't like that it probably wouldn't have worked but um can I ask you what is probably a uh, entirely inappropriate question? But how old were you when all of this started, and you 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 have the idea, and then you bring together several others? Yeah, I think I was um, I was late twenties. Right. But Amazing. as a group, we probably ranged from. Um, I'm the youngest, so <laughs> no. But, um, as a group, we probably ranged from you know me and there's a group of us who were kind of were in our late twenties at the time. Um, to I think some of us would, would have been in mid thirties at the time. And how did it grow from that? You've got the idea. You bring together the Avengers, and then you need <laughs> to go on your mission. Run me through that, you know, and how it sort of yeah. What I, yeah. I'll try to give you the the highlights because it's been, been yeah, six it's a years long. Now, I don't. We haven't got six years <laughs> worth here, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, give you I'm, I'm, I'm giving either. you three minutes. First, we did a bunch of research to find out whether people had this problem and to really understand our market. Then we worked on developing a solution that we thought met the needs of that market. And I think you know, thinking back that long, we launched. Our first product had six exchange-traded funds on it. You know, it was so different to what the product it is today. Mm. Um, but what we did have was we had 6,000 people who had signed up, um, put their names on a wait list to start investing, you know, to, to, to be interested in investing and to want to start investing from small amounts and build up their portfolio. And I guess we've just evolved with them, with our audience of investors and um, as they've grown on their investing journey, we've also grown um, the, what we offer on our product. So now we've got over 8,000 um, investments. They range from individual companies to funds, to exchange-traded funds. We have a bunch of education and support that really helps people along their investing journey. 
and we've got an amazing team that's grown. So from six of us um, to now around 200. Yeah. And um, and we're based in Australia as well. We started, um, we expanded over there last year. If we go forward to today, you're a big success. Sharesies is, you know, a nationally, at a level, as you say, internationally known a brand and platform and with all of the, 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 the things that go with that. Um, what, what what do you think has made it the success that it is in 2022? Yeah, I think um, so much has to go right, right? Like thing, so much has to fall into place. And as you say, like some of it is, you know, the luck you make and, and the hard work and, the, and, and that part of it. But I think we also just captured um, a real moment. I think it was quite good timing. So people were looking for a way to get ahead. And the way, you know, the, the advice that we've been given, you know, from our parents or in books, it didn't really apply to moving forward where it's like, you know, put your head down and save for your first house. When that's six figures, that's, you know, that's a that's a decade, you know, <laughs> that can be quite a long time mm. and for your first, to get your first asset. Mm. So um, I think that was going on at the time. And I think, um, you know, one thing I was really conscious of is the, the power of stereotypes for a number of reasons. And we hear that now in the industry is like how Kiwis are bad at saving and investing. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever been told that you're bad at something, whether it was bad at maths, bad at singing, or bad at... Um, bad at rugby. <laughs> bad and it was at rugby, true. there you go. So, I'm not a real but, man. <laughs> but I think, um, you know... I can't that, throw a ball. That, when you're told you're bad at something, you know, your, your motivation to, to get better or to, you know, really accept that changes. So you've got a bunch of people who are told that they're bad with money. Like, that's just something you start to believe. And then you've got this industry that believes that it can't be changed either. And that's just the way things are. I think that's the danger with stereotypes is you forget, yes. that, you forget that those can be changed and you actually start to believe them yourself. Um, I think that's and right. So, and so I think that's what happened. And so we just created this way that so much of how we talked about money was negative. People used negative words um, like shame and guilt, even if they had lots of money. They always felt like they weren't doing enough. And so when we thought, hey, we're asking people to engage with this thing, it's got to feel good. What would happen if we brought um, empowerment to this industry or, you know, this? How, what if we really engaged with people and made it feel really interesting and mm. rewarding and encouraging and inclusive? Would people do, you know, what they haven't done in the past? And what we've learned is that, yes, they will. If you create, a, if you create something that really meets the needs of an audience, people will come on that journey with you. And I think that's kind of... We've just found a way to connect with people, really, and um, about something that they've been told that they've been bad at for years, and then they're starting to feel really good about it as they're how committing you, and making those changes. How unique is what Shearsies is and has become? I, I, and I, I ask it genuinely, I don't have a great sense of that. Do you feel like, you know, as you say, you captured a moment and it's a, a genuinely very unique rather than iterative um, product and platform? You know, financial technology is huge. Like that's just yeah. it's it, that was also having its moment at the time that we were kind of coming around. And so I think people really looking at how technology can be used to solve money problems. Um, who who wasn't being, starting a fintech company? <laughs> like it's just a global. You know, that was I think if you looked at charts, you'd be like, oh, cool, that's really where the fin- number of fintechs popped up and started really scaling from there. But I think um, what is unique is. 
how we're kind of coming at the problem, which is lots of people, especially in the investing space, they've gone down the route where you can either they've done the trading platform piece, which is just like buying and selling shares, or they've done the we'll do it for you piece. And um, then we're kind of somewhere in the middle. We call ourselves a wealth development platform, which is about right. giving people the tools and the support that they need to go on their wealth development journey, however long that takes. And so we're really in it for the long game um, and really helping people build the life that they want for themselves. And I think it's important, we might talk a bit more about this, but just to say, you know, when you say that about the long game, of course there are risks in all of this. Um, What is also unique is your pineapple symbol. And um, your website says the pineapple is arguably the crown jewel of the fruit world. That's ridiculous and unpatriotic, isn't it? I mean, what 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 were you thinking when you went with a pineapple? I'm so I mean, intrigued you're, to find you're the, the marketing. You're the marketing head. I'm so intrigued to understand the patriotic viewpoint. I haven't heard that one before. Well, do New Zealand and pineapples? Yeah, that's what everyone thinks of. Oh, I see. I mean, um, yeah, oh yeah, but pineapple capital of the world. <laughs> Well, let's, Wellington, let's, let's Wellington, the coolest little pineapple capital <laughs> in the world. Uh, um, I see your point, um, but did you consider the kiwi fruit? <laughs> I think once you hear about the pineapple's journey, you, I think you know you'll be really you, you'll see the tie. But um, back in the day, pineapples were really exclusive and. People would buy them or like rent them for their dinner parties to put on their table settings and then give them back. So it was like this real yes. symbol of wealth. And in old architecture, you often see um, pineapples in in the um, facades of buildings. And then it's gone on its own journey. And as well, it's got some really interesting um, cultural meanings or significance around um, how it's become to represent hospitality. And um, in different cultures, it represents prosperity and wealth and fertility. Um, and now uh, where we're at today is, you know, it's we can buy it on, you know, we eat it on pizza and we buy it in a tin and um, you can get it from the fish and chip shop and it's this whole thing that it's gone on its own democratisation journey and what used to just be for a particular group of people um, is now accessible see, see, for I, more people. I heard a rumour it had something to do with Bill English's famous spaghetti and pineapple pizza. <laughs> um, by the way, I've, I didn't, I just made that up. It came to me right then. Um, I, I've i been on a pineapple plantation. And Whereabouts? Sonia, Hawaii! <laughs> That's the point, right? That is the point. We know that you are young, you know, um, and, and you know, you've been at this now six years and you told us you're in your late 20s, and now you are a, a wealthy, very successful woman. But you're, you're doing that in the financial and investment and even tech sectors, and I'm obviously stereotyping, but I think I'd be right to say on the numbers, those are by and large very male, actually often older male-dominated worlds. Have you felt that difference? Yeah, on the one hand, um, I don't know any difference. So my experience, I don't know whether how it feels to be a male in financial services. Um, yeah. Um, I only know the path that I've taken, um, which is being a woman. And um, 
I definitely, you know, those stats that you, you know, that you speak of, uh, ones that you feel, you know, when you're, when you're the only person in the room or, or definitely when you've got a different view. And like, I think sometimes it jars with our need to belong. And I think that's what's really interesting. Um, and I hope for the future and what we're starting to see now, especially, um, with how we grow teams. And I think people are really understanding that, um, Diversity is our superpower, and when we're when we're different, that's what makes us special. And um, I think that workplaces as well are really starting to see that the powerful change that that can make, and really work on how they could be more inclusive for everyone. I think that's a huge and important change because you know what the the industry that we're in and what we're bringing to it. Um, we need creative solutions. We need people to be really brave and courageous. And I think um, you know I don't know if you can think of a time where you haven't belonged in a place and I definitely know for myself, like that's all I, I, all I'm thinking about is like, how do I fit in here? So all my good energy is actually going into trying to fit in. And um, whereas if you kind of create these environments where people feel really welcome and um, feel that they can contribute, like I really do believe that that's the power of unlocking so much great creativity, so much great, um, you know, change in the world that needs to happen. So um but it, yeah, it has had its challenges, but I do feel optimistic for the future. And of course, you've already said it, um, but if we think about sharesies, there's a real emphasis on values, on purpose, um, on flexible work. I, I, my sense is, I think I'm right, I think I've, I've even you know seen this myself personally, the, you know, a, a, a young dynamic team that you have that, you know, doesn't drive, I think it's three or 4% of you drive to work, the rest are obviously taking public transport, walking and the like. You're a registered B Corp, which is about being a force for good. Um, you, you talk about redefining success in business and building a more inclusive and sustainable economy. Yeah. Tell well, me about that. What our mission was is really big and grunty and um, our purpose is strong to create financial empowerment for everyone. But also how you do business is a really big way of having an impact as well. And, you know, we talked about and spent at length um, – <laughs> what kind of workplace do we want to build here? Because we can really influence, we now influence so many people. We influence all of our team. Um, we influence other businesses, hopefully, <laughs> to try and um, make change in the industry. But how you do business is so important and um, mm. kind of a believer in everything is designed, but it's it's by either by accident or by design. So you get a chance to design it or create it how you want it to be. And so being a B Corp is so important to us because it allows us to stay. Um, so for, for people who don't know what that is, it stands for Better Corporation and it's a, it's for businesses that are for purpose and for profit and it's an international um, standard, I guess, and you get audited against a certain um, criteria of your impacts against your environment, um, your communities, uh, your social impact, um, and it really gives it kind of keeps you honest, and it makes sure that you're really um, are cons- considering your impacts really broadly. And so, you know, I think those principles are at the heart of what we do. We really want to make sure we're having a positive impact in actually how we do business. A that matters to us, but I think it's so it matters a lot to the people who want to come and work at Shearsies because you know people want to really work in a place where they know that they're having an impact. What's the what's the average age? I don't know the average age, but we do have a good because um, we do get interns. So we've got um, you know quite a young you know lots of people coming in younger, but we do also have an um, 
older people working here too. So probably would say like around mid thirties would be the average, but I don't. That's like from the top of my head. If I think about ESG, for example, you know, environment, sustainability, and 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 governance. You know, what we are seeing around the world at the moment is a lot of businesses being caught out because they're talking the talk and they don't walk it. How do you, in Sharesies, make sure that, you know, fantastic discussion that we've just been having is real and and it's not just actually kind of a bit of smart business marketing? Yeah, that is interesting. And I think... um you know, like I think people are working on how we do reporting in that space as well. And I think, you know, for us, that's where the B Corp is really important because it is, they do audit you. So it's kind of like getting a financial audit, but on your impacts. And so I think that's what keeps us really honest and I guess can give a lot of confidence that there's an external party looking at um, what we're up to and verifying it. So I know there's lots of other businesses that are B Corps too and other companies. Um, So as well, if you're investing and you're looking for kind of responsible companies, the other thing is it's quite personal to you about what you value as well. But um, companies do have to put out information. And I think what you do get to do as a shareholder is also reach out to these people. And if you're if you're unsure, you can actually ask them and say, please show me more information about this. And I think if you, you know, yeah. I think that's a huge um, part of companies and we can see lots of people getting, um, you know, called out about the stuff where they are kind of presenting themselves in one way where they, their actions are just a bit inauthentic. But we also see lots of great companies um you know, learning as well and, and recognising the stakes and then putting it right. And um, so I, th- I think it's an area where um, information is key and also you get a chance to ask these questions of people. And um, I think that as a company, it's in your best interest to make sure that you're not just <laughs> saying the thing to get the good votes because that's not going to pan out very well for you. And it's an area to be careful on because we're all on a journey, right? So what could be great one day where we're learning and then we go, yep, cool. So it's about making these long-term commitments to, to and going, cool, we learn some more information and we're going to put this into practice as well. So it's not about being perfect either and don't kind of present yourself as that. Today on Newsable, we go inside the courtroom where Erin Patterson pleaded not guilty to murder charges related to that infamous Beef Wellington lunch. Plus, why it's a good time to be a first home buyer and the diss battle between Kendrick Lamar and Drake. For everything that's worth talking about, find and follow Newsable wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Sharesies and my son Harry who is eight is also on Sharesies and my investments at the moment are negative 17% when I checked this morning and Harry is down 1% uh, on his investments so Harry who is eight is a rather better investor in tech stocks uh, than I've been. How important do you reckon it is for young to learn about investment and to kind of um yeah it's so important and good on you for um getting them set up so early like I think the key key thing with money is typically time and as you say you know at the moment you're down 17 percent but what we know is that markets go up and down and that's completely um how they behave if you hang in there and recover you know as long as you've picked um investments you really believe in and that you believe in the long-term vision of those companies Hopefully you'll then um, get to see the upside of those. So 
as you mentioned before as well, like investing does have risk, but there are ways to mitigate those risks, which are, um, you know, investing in companies you believe in in the long term, um, investing for the long term. So we don't say we're a get-rich-quick scheme or anything like that. We are really for the long term. Um, and then diversifying, so not having all your money riding on one thing. But Which is what to, I did, um, but, you know, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the, those risk mitigants are for the moment. Not big now, money, by you know, the way. Very to small. get through through now. Very. I don't um, even know if I actually even have one share in the company that I'm in. But um, we let's not. I'm not going to name it. I don't I know why. I just think coming coming back to the kids. Um, you know how important is it for kids? It's like. I definitely didn't grow up thinking investing in, like I didn't really understand what investing in companies really was. And, you know, when we were doing our research with people and you ask them, hey, would, do you want to invest? There was this real perception that, well, it's actually really intangible and I don't really know what it is. And, mm. um, but the reality is, is that they're businesses and people mm. go to work there every day and you can actually see the buildings that they work in. And, um, you know, I think, Try, like piecing this and creating this um, understanding from a child like around how business works and, and making it this tangible thing. I think it's so important and also you can then start to see the connections between companies and what's going on in the world. The wealth of discussion that can actually happen off the back of that is so interesting and you're kind of building these connections from such a young age. Um, there's a lot to, there's a lot in that and what I hear um from lots of people as well as like that they have a grandparent and their granddaughter, you know, going out for morning tea once a week talking about their shares and what's happened. And I think the power is in the conversation that it facilitates and the learning that's happening there. How, um, if we think about you personally, I'm not asking you to say oh, these four stock and da 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 da, but how have you invested and what have you sort of um, now, how has that affected your practices in, in terms of investment? Yeah, so um, my first investment was through an employee share scheme. So like where I worked, you got shares for working there and I didn't really know what that meant. Or um, And so I think that was a really interesting learning part in itself, like the actually having them made me need to learn about them. Um, so as for a catalyst of needing to learn about them. Um, and then my first kind of investment that I made was on sharesies actually once we launched the platform right. um, because I didn't have enough to meet the minimum of the other brokers and I'd emailed them right. and they had said sorry <laughs> you know I, I call it anti-marketing where people don't want your business yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so by the time you know it came to making my first investment it, um, I definitely took the funds approach because I was just starting out and yes. that's all we had on the platform at the time but as my confidence has grown over time and as I've understood more about how to make investments and Investing is so much about the future, right? Like even the fact that you're investing, it's like because you want to grow wealth in the future. And one thing that, you know, we've learned as well and through our investors is it's really hard to think of that future without the type of world you're living in at the time. Yes. So I also like to use my investments for, hey, is this, con- is this creating or contributing to a world that I want to live in in the future? So I like to really um, back back things that are like, yep, cool, this feels like a future that I'd be really stoked to be in. Um, have you well. ever have you ever had any howlers? Have you made any terrible decisions that you wished you didn't kind of yeah, make? Yeah, I think every now and then, you know, it's the um, the conversation. Like it's when I haven't really known why I've invested in a thing. It's because someone's told me or it feels like it's a hot tip or something right. um, where I haven't done, you know, I haven't felt this connection yes. to it or I feel like I haven't done um, 
if I don't know why I'm doing it, then I also don't know when the right time to sell it is or, yeah. or anything like that as well. So definitely early on, it was like, I enjoy more the experience and I've done, probably done better on ones that I understand why I've invested in it. How's it going in Aussie? See, see if Good. you use the pineapple so, in Aussie, I could understand what that. A segue, what a segue, what a segue. What a segue. But, um, yeah, so we're really excited to be in Australia. We've got a fantastic team over there too. And, you know, also our purpose exists, you know, it needs to exist over there as well. Um, uh, we've got a lot of the similar problems um, are happening in Australia as what we're seeing in New Zealand. And um, there's a huge opportunity for Sharesies over there. So it's, it is early on. Um, we've just been building our brand, building our customer base and building our product out over there, really understanding the nuances of the Australian market nice. and um, trying to make sure that we're well positioned. Um, but no, it's exciting times over there. How do you feel about the future for Sharesies? feel excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, six years in and it still feels like we're just at the beginning. Um, I think that there's heaps of positive traction, like, um, you know, we've got 11% of Aotearoa on sharesies now. And um, as you mentioned at the start, they've invested over $2 billion um, into sharesies, which is a huge amount of money going in um, to, to where it wouldn't have typically gone. And I think so excited about continuing to evolve and solve the problems that still exist and making investing accessible. I think we're really excited about a future where um, where money can be seen as a bit of like a shared experience. Mm-hmm. So I mean that from a how does money more accurately map how we live our lives? So we live our lives with people. Um, we live our lives as employees, as customers, as also part of a whānau. So we're excited about how do, how do we create, you know, tools that actually map how we live our lives? How do we um, create more employees as shareholders across um, New Zealand companies? And as well, like, how does how do customers become shareholders? Because a lot of people, you know, put a lot of, I guess, their identity into the brands that they consume yes. and think that that's like a really um, another cool lever there. And as well, just continuing to work and um, have a fantastic team um, and continue to really challenge the industry, challenge the status quo, you know, how businesses are run. It's not about being perfect, but it is about being committed and and going, yeah, we are totally committed to um, making sure that we're evolving and um, how business is done. As well. And what about you? Um, if we cast forward, I don't know, 20 years when you'll still be young, um, you, you know, is it going to be you and your five colleagues uh, that came together um, and, you know, started this still going strong? Do you have other thoughts and dreams of things you'd like to do having sort of started this? I mean, you're a startup person and then you move away and do something else or what What do you think the future holds for you? Yeah, I think 20 years is quite a long time to think about if I think 20 years <laughs> back, you know. <laughs> it's quite, you know, that's a confronting amount of time and um, I think what I would say is like I hope that I'm working in a really impactful space and um, making a difference and I think that goes the same for all of us is like while we believe that we're still the best people you know to be here or this is like we're having a real impact with our time and our effort and you know I think we we believe that we're building something that um, will have an impact for generations to come if we can get it right and um, mm. 
you know, I'm already impressed by the change that I've seen happen in five years, which makes me optimistic for how quickly things can change if you bring a lot of like passion and energy to it as well. So, um, if we're on that path of creating financial empowerment for everyone, like that's a grunty problem. And we often talk about it. It's like a life's work thing. You know? yeah. It's not an easy thing. It's not one thing, but it, we're so committed to it. But um, if I feel like I'm having an impact and it's a problem that gets me really excited and out of bed every morning, then that's probably where I'll be. We are going to wrap up the questions I ask every guest and we call this section general knowledge. What single objects on you would you save from your house i'll try not to overthink it um <laughs> but i think uh for practical reasons i it's got to be probably my phone ah. because i'd, I'd want to get in touch with people you'd need right. to be checking your sharesies at. <laughs> i need to check my sharesies and need to see that? how my portfolio is doing <laughs> Are you like are you like nineteen times a day on the Shazies app or what? I'm not nineteen times a day, but I do like to check it, and then I have like longer stints on it where I'll do research. But I do check it um, on a regular basis. What is the best night out that you have ever had? That is a grunty question. <laughs> I'm more of a night in person, but um, and I love a good low key dinner with my friends or whanau. Yeah. Um, we were just kind of having a laugh. But one thing I did do recently, which um, was I went out for a yum dinner with my partner, and we went to a Chris Parker comedy show, nice. and uh, it was just such a hoot. And it felt like in the middle, it was like in one of those weeks where Wellington was just, I think it rained for six days out of the seven, and it was feeling very Wellington. Um, and there's just nothing better than a good belly laugh. Um, so I really enjoyed that. What's the best advice given to you? And who gave it? Yeah, one that's kind of stuck with me over time is that um, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. And um, if you'd asked me who'd said it, I probably would have said my mum because <laughs> she always had these great quotes when I was growing up for every situation. Um, huh. I've now learned, I think it was Henry Ford right. who said it. But, um, you know, I think it was just like this importance of the power of mindset and, and, and actually that hey, a big part of whether something's going to work out or not is really what you're bringing to it. And um, I think that's been, you know, something that I've really taken with me and um, through my life, which came from my mum originally. Fantastic. Well, we've talked Evo Toast, the ridiculousness of pineapples as a, sim- a symbol and changing investment culture in our country. Sonia, thank you so much for coming uh, on Generally Famous You've been listening to Generally Famous. Every episode is available from stuff.co.nz slash generallyfamous or wherever you get your podcasts. If you follow us on any of the podcast apps, you'll get instant access to the next episode. Do it now before you forget. Thanks to my producer, Chris Reed. I'm Simon Bridges. Thanks very much for listening. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, well, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. No, that, that, I think that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, that, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there. On. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.